Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. It's not one guy. I missed a block. We missed touchdowns. We should have had the ball and been able to score. It's not one guy. Everyone's waiting around for one guy to come back here. It's ain't right. It's not right. All right? It's not one guy. Keep your head up. We're going to win the Justin Pugh, uh, early leader for teammate of the year. Speaking of teammates, my brother from another, Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports, is here to help me pod to win the game, if you will. <laughs> Always been a great teammate. Love you, brother. Good to have you with me today. Um, but Justin Pugh, standing up for Matt Amendola, who must kill it in open tryouts, because this is now two teams that he's replaced an injured kicker and can't kick it when it counts, can't make it when it counts. But here's what I want to know from you, Charles Robinson. Justin Pugh, clearly a ride or die, clearly a stand-up, tell-it-like-it-is kind of guy, standing up against the big, bad media who were all waiting in the, in the locker room for this one guy, Matt Amendola, to talk about the kick that he missed that would have tied the game against the Eagles. But where was Justin Pugh when Kyler Murray was walking out his house is what I want to know. Like, you want to be a good teammate. You want to be a good friend. Where were all of Kyler Murray's friends when it was time for him to get dressed to tell him that that ain't it? Yo, okay, first off, the lime green, okay, whatever color you want to call that. Number two, the fit itself, right? Like, this is when it's Saturday. You got, I mean, you need something for church Sunday, right? It's Saturday, 11.53 p.m. You're choosing off the rack, okay, at J.C. Penney's. There's no tailor. There's no midnight tailor to get your fit right. So this is how you, you got to roll you don't, up you don't on think- Sunday. You don't think the you don't think the flare at the bottom is intentional? I don't I don't think that's just I don't think that's a lack of a tailor or a seamstress. I think that's I think that's the fit he was going for. I don't think it was the flare at the bottom. It the was bell bottom. It was all it was it was all tight in the thigh. It was like super tight in the thigh area. I think that's what the felt. kids are wearing nowadays. Oh, I think. Man. <laughs> he, need, he needs some friends. He needs some friends to help him out because thank God we didn't see that thing from behind. I'm like, don't don't pan from behind. I don't want to know what the back seam looks like because that that thigh tightness was just making me so uncomfortable. It was the color. I, I said this was it was the Kermit the Frog in big shoes. That's what I that's what I tweeted out. He had the Kermit the Frog look. And here's my thing. I have I have a new uh, theory here. If you show up in the suit looking like that, you have yeah. to do your post game presser. Even if you lose, if you bring a second set of clothes or show up in your uniform for your post game yeah. presser, you a coward. Okay, you show yeah. up in the same <laughs> fit that you show up in. You show up afterward if you lose the game. I thought you were gonna say if you show up in a fit like that, you for damn sure better show up in the game. Uh, well, yeah, and, and knock off the undefeated <laughs> Eagles. I mean, I don't listen. I don't know. Did anybody say anything? I, I didn't. I didn't see the post game press conference. I didn't check for any comments today. Did anybody post game? Maybe they weren't in the mood to discuss Kyler Murray's outfit. They were probably more concerned about losing to the Eagles. But uh, no, I think that's intentional, man. Like Ben Vereen could flow in that. But no, I think he was really going for the um, for the bell bottom look there. Um, listen, man. If I, I just it takes it takes a lot of confidence to do that. It takes a lot of confidence to lay that out on the bed the night before. Like the first day of school and be like, yo, I'm gonna kill him tomorrow when I show up to in this. It takes a lot of confidence. 
you and I can't pull that off. Maybe the flaw is with us and not necessarily with Kyler Murray's yeah. fashion taste. This is this is the uh, what, what was the what was the movie um, uh, the pop star movie with the SNL character where he uh, he he had like his his entourage and he shoots the bo- basketball backwards misses it completely but they're all like oh you made it oh this is he's got too many <laughs> he's his entourage right. is paid for and this is what happens when it's paid for no matter what everything yeah. looks good because he had <laughs> to have laid that out and they were like yeah yeah that's all oh, that's you're gonna show up this is gonna set a trend this is it right here yeah you're gonna this win by right 40. Here. yeah no this is this was just, this, <laughs> this by the way i think this is the sign like to me this is the sign like this will be if cliff kingsbury gets fired if they nosedive if they don't recover coming out of this this is like his butt fumble this is people will go remember the suit they're gonna be like the lying suit game. The, that this, will is be the, this is the butt punt for the cardinals the lions this suit. Is the butt it all punt. went yeah. downhill from there but listen, on behalf of the entire NBC Sports family, I will thank the Arizona Cardinals for cooperating and not handing the Philadelphia Eagles their first loss, thereby giving us undefeated Philadelphia versus one loss Dallas yeah. next Sunday night on Ooh. NBC. Never too early to start looking at both those teams. First of all, the Eagles. Let's talk about the Eagles. Last undefeated team in a league that is designed for everybody to lose every week. Forget parity. Yep. It's designed, as somebody has said to me the other day, more games are lost than won in the NFL. And the Eagles have managed to both win all their games and not lose all their games when every game comes down to one possession in the fourth quarter. What is it about this team? Like, I, I, I think they've shown enough for us to be believers in the yep. Philadelphia Eagles. But what is it about this team where it's going to have staying power, not just in the regular season, not just five weeks in, but in the postseason, Chuck? Oh, I think it's a couple of things. I mean, um, number one, I think when you look around the league right now, you need to understand we have to get back to the fundamentals of investing in the offensive line. Okay, let's look at the L.A. Rams, right? We're sitting there with the Rams and we're going, Stafford looks beat up. He he looked hurt yeah. yesterday. He actually looked like a player was in pain, was was picking himself up off the turf. You're like, man, this is not sustainable. Well, when you go star heavy and you go out and you make the big signings and you do the cash over cap stuff and you deal draft picks and all these different things, if you can't keep an anchor like an Andrew Whitworth, what ultimately eventually suffers is your offensive line. And once that goes, you're not, it's not recoverable. Okay, right? Like you can't fix. Yeah. There's no position other than quarterback when you lose your top line. There's no position harder to fix or unit harder to fix than the offensive line. They're just not available. Right. They're not available in training camp. They're not available. They're rarely right. available at the deadline. And when you look at the Eagles, particularly when they're at full health, that's probably a top three offensive line in football. So I think that has had a lot to do with it. I, and I, so I think offensive line. They're, they're, yeah, they're, often. They're, they're, they're both sides of the ball dominant. Yeah. And as you said, defensively, I mean, they made a ton of investment up front in that defensive line. They've got <laughs> Um, you know, you have a defensive coordinator who's going to be a head coach, uh, you know, candidate at the top of a lot of lists. Um, so I don't think it's been all filtered through the, the Jalen Hurts prism, right? Because with a quarterback dominated league, all the success gets credited to the quarterback. But the, the guys in front of them, okay, have pushed teams around, have been dominant, and then, you know, mostly for the most part, healthy. They're dealing with a little bit now. But then, uh, and then, as you said, opposite, opposite end defensive line. We talk about the Cowboys, who they're going to face. You know, we're going to talk about that defensive line. This is all fundamental. You and I have covered the league forever, and we go through trends and waves and ups and downs, and the game changes. You know what doesn't change? Bad, bad dude defensive lines, bad dude offensive lines are consistent yeah. teams in the end.
Well, and also, too, I mean, just, and I love, listen, I love, I fell in love with Jalen Hurts when he got benched for Tua Tungabaloa, and then a year later won the SEC championship in the same uh, stadium that uh, he was benched in. And I just, I knew, I, and when he stayed at Alabama, and, and this is what I'm saying, he stayed at Alabama, then goes and is a Heisman Trophy candidate at Oklahoma. Uh, I, I, I knew that they had something special in him in his limited playing time at, at, toward the end of the season uh, when, uh, in relief for Carson Wentz. I was like, he feels like he was fit for Philadelphia. But this isn't about me. This is about that organization and Howie Roseman because at the time, it was like, well, you got Carson Wentz. Why are you taking a why are you, why are you taking a second round quarterback for what? Why would you do that? Why would you undermine Carson Wentz by taking a second round quarterback? Well, not only did they hit on that quarterback, but it's a second round quarterback contract. And as you've right. written about, as we've all talked about, it's like you can go out and pay AJ Brown a hundred million dollars. You can go out and invest in in the lines. You can go out and and, and spend elsewhere to keep the team together when your quarterback is cheap. Dare I say it, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is this guy. They're obviously different people, but it's similar to Seattle. Go across the country. When Seattle first had Russell Wilson, they did not have to spend a bunch of money on that third round pick in Russell Wilson. Same with Philadelphia. They got this window where they got a guy that for now is not going to command a huge amount of your salary cap. Here's a fun little story. For now. Little side, For now. A fun little story, side story about Jalen Hurts. You mentioned Howie Rosen. So I'll, t- I'll tell a fun little side story. I've never told this story yeah. before. Ooh. So that draft, no the Jalen, this, this is a good one. This is a good one. I've, I've had this one in my pocket for a while. The, um, that draft was the COVID draft, right? The co- every, everybody was at home. Everybody was in their offices. Right. It wasn't the it wasn't this the collective. class of twenty twenty. Right. This is Burrow. This is Tua. This yep. is Herbert. And this is Jalen in the second so, round. Yep. So you got Howie at home, right? And I remember when they took him in this when Howie took him in the second round. The follow up after that, and this was even from inside the organization, was, man, the second round, like, yo, okay, like we liked him, but we really liked him, like maybe in the third. Like the second round was just like it it felt people yeah. forget it felt like such a reach. It was such like an mm-hmm. oddity because as you said, right. they they had Carson Wentz and the storyline not being told by Howie Roseman, but but by people around that organization, it was that probably doesn't happen if we don't have a COVID draft. If everybody's in the room, we're going around the room and the sentiment there probably ends up taking a different player in the second round. And then we hope yeah, he gets talked out of it, and then Jalen Hurts. Now, I don't think Howie would tell you he wouldn't have gotten talked out of it anyway, but I'm just saying that the sentiment in the room would have been, let's get him when we come back in the third. The thing was, I don't think he would have been there in the third. When you talk to other franchises, even then, they were like, yeah, there were other teams looking at him in the second. He probably wouldn't have been there. But the thought process was Howie just took this guy at a time where maybe people didn't necessarily agree in the room, and now, in hindsight, especially now there was a lot of development that had to occur, and it all turned out great or at least up until now, it's all turned out great. That's a nice little subplot about this COVID draft where a guy gets taken, and I think even some people in the in the building that would have been in the building, but the, who were at home, were like, I don't know, man, we kind of reached a little far on that one. I, I just, I've always loved his intangibles, and, and he he's come such a long way as a player. Oh, sorry, my microphone. Oh, you're good. Just, I mean, Mike, the thing is, he's the, he's the son of a coach. 
You know, like it's well, everybody talks about son of a coach, and you know, people say, oh, that gets that's a cliche. It gets overplayed. I don't think it really does because I think you. I, there are a lot of lessons you learn over in a more expansive period of time. I think when you're just constantly in that environment and and with someone who's expected to lead, not just you know a, a, a group or you know a small room or you got to lead a whole team and make decisions. I think that's part of it. I think his development has been part of that upbringing. I, I actually think his ability, as you said, to go through the Alabama experience, stick through it, by the way, at a time when, especially now, think about college football now. Never, oh, <laughs> never happens. They're in the portal, like you're gone. If you even think there's right. a chance, you're gonna be gone. He stuck through right. it and then made, let's remember, one more additional decision on top of it that was very important and ended up being good for him was to go to a program where it was very much about teaching, you know, using him the way that the NFL was starting to trend with quarterbacks, not just being, hey, cement, feet in the ground, pocket passer. No, no, you're going to do a lot of different things. There's going to be RPOs. This is starting yeah. to be the Lincoln-Riley sets for what we were starting to see in the NFL. That was another smart decision on his part. Yeah, no, his intangibles, I, I've just always loved him. And, uh, and the Eagles look really good for taking him, investing in him. Feels like we're a long way away from this is a show and prove year for Jalen Hurts. He's really the guy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's kind of answered that. Only that was just this offseason. That was six weeks ago. That was just ago. this offseason. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That was, that was this offseason. Six weeks ago. Big question I mean, mark. Jalen Hurts. They set him up August. to succeed. Can he actually do it in August? Yeah. Bro. Bro, in August, I'm sitting there with Nick Sariani, and I'm literally mm -hmm. looking at him saying, oh, man, you guys are in a good spot. This doesn't work out with Jalen. You know, you're in a good right. spot. You got these draft picks. <laughs> they you got these picks, C.J. Yeah, Stroud or Bryce hey, Young maybe, or whatever. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's a veteran quarterback available. You guys can go <laughs> trade for him. They'll want to come here. Right. And Nick's kind of looking right. at me like, yeah, but we think we actually might be okay. And I'm like, yeah, sure, Nick. I'm like, all right, well, tell me what's what's your measure. And he went through the whole thing, like how they were going to measure it, both from, you know, uh, an accuracy standpoint, the, the physical tool standpoint, but then the leadership standpoint. They had a plan. Now, here's the thing. This is October 10th, right? We're blah, blah, blah. We're saying yeah. all these things. Right, Let's right, see. right. Let's see how he fares against a Dallas defense that is straight up, I, as I said, 4-0. Cooper Rush is not 4-0. Cooper Rush is great. Like Dallas defense is four and zero, and they are ripping and running right now. And Philly yeah. and Jalen Hurts gonna have plenty to think about. That yeah, that's a that's a doomsday defense, dude. Do you have any takes? You know, you're a smart guy, but do you have any takes? Any any proclamations? Just like the players say, man, I wish I could have that one back. Every Monday since oh week one. Oh my god. Every yes. Monday since week one, I have <laughs> come on this show. <laughs> feeling like such an ass more so than usual. Dallas makes me look worse with each passing week because and I know better than to overreact. But that first game, they look so bad against Tampa's typically good defense with Dak. And then the reports were six to eight weeks without Dak. I was like, they're done this year. They're done. They haven't lost since that defense right, Cooper rush. They haven't <laughs> lost since that is that and this is saying something. And people that listen to me know that this is saying something. That is the worst take of mine that I can remember. Yeah, that was 28 days this ago. Is, this is this is no, this is me 28 days ago. I oh. can top you. Oh, okay. I can top you on this, right? You can top me. And yeah. see, this is 
This is what I love about, I, I don't, I, I swing and miss, okay? Like it happens. I'm never a hider. I love that you're not a hider. I hate I hate the yeah. people in our business who hide, right? Who are like, yeah. I, oh, oh, they delete tweets and they try to hide from bad, you know, they called it wrong or what. Man, this is, we do it all the time. It's okay. It's all right to be wrong. It's a fluid game. Things happen that we cannot foresee. If we could foresee it, you and I wouldn't be doing this show. We'd be rich. We would be out on our island right now, sitting <laughs> right. back. We ain't, saying, we ain't got know, a gray sports almanac. You know what I mean? Yeah, looking <laughs> good, Billy Ray. Like, I mean, like that is that is the life we would be living. Yeah. But look, okay, twenty-eight days ago, headline on my story, right? I covered the game. Dak Prescott mm-hmm. gets hurt. Headline mm-hmm. on the story is my story, and this I endorse this headline one hundred percent. Cowboys Dak Prescott says it's not time to panic. He's wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, no, yeah. he wasn't wrong. Yeah. No, no, I was, was wrong. I know what the hell I was talking about. I had no idea that that defense was going to be this ferocious. I didn't know that Tyler Smith was going to hold it down at left tackle. But what, 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 I mean, what the, is the Tyler Smith thing? Honestly, it's the offense because I mean, defensively they were great last year. We knew that they would be competent okay. on defense. Maybe yeah. not doomsday, but we knew it would be competent on defense. Honestly, even though Cooper Rush was competent and and and, and good against Minnesota last year, Cooper Rush, even if he's just not losing the game, whatever you want to call it, managing it as though managing the game has a negative connotation. I don't know why it's ever had a negative connotation. It's the first job of a quarterback is to manage the game, but just managing the game, not losing the game, whatever it is with those receivers or lack thereof before Michael Gallup returned and that offensive line. The fact that they've been capable enough on offense to put up enough points to complement that defense. That's the impressive part. That's yeah. the impressive part about us because after week one, it was like Mike McCarthy didn't Mike McCarthy say that Kellen Moore had to get smarter with calling plays, not in the mm. most balanced team in, in a, in a pass happy NFL. Remember, C- Look how C. balanced Lamb, they are. CD Lamb had to live up to being number one. He had to do. Remember that was ownership that was like CD Lamb still right? learning how to be a number one. Like there was some stuff coming out of the week, you know, that first week. But see, here's the thing, and I think this is what's going to be interesting when Dak Prescott comes back into this. Part of what's so impressive about that offense right now is the flow of the game. And what they do has fit the defense very well because they're not turning the ball over. They're not creating a lot of bad situations. They're not putting the defense in situations where the defense is defending a ton of short fields. They're running the ball. They're possessing. It is more of a classic, in some ways, kind of boring, hey, run the football, quarterback manages the game, and then the defense goes out there, beats teams up, creates turnovers, wreaks havoc. You know what they better do? Whenever Dak comes back, play the same way. Play the same style of football. Call the same kind of plays. They don't have to stick with Cooper Rush, but they need to stick with this formula. Don't don't come back and have Dak slinging it all over the yard because he's Dak. Why not? That's not what he's paid for. He's not paid to be that guy. I understand. He's He's paid paid to win games. games. I knew you were going to say that. He's paid to win games. (laughs) I get that. I get that. But at the end of the day, okay, they're going to sit there. And what happens is it creeps in games. You're like, oh, all right. You know what? It's third and eight. You know, if Cooper was in there, uh, we'd probably run this, maybe throw a screen, something a little more conservative. No, they're going to look at Dak and they're going to go, nah, forget this, dial it up. Let's do a 15 yard, you know, there's going to be a drag to it. You know, Dalton Schultz, you know, over the middle, whatever. We're going to let the the play develop a little bit. We got this offensive line. We can run some deeper routes now. Uh, they're they're going to, you end up creeping back into what you did before, which is a little more risky because you have a quarterback with a higher ceiling. So you lean into that. I understand what you're saying. 
I just don't see them going, hey, you know what, Dak? We're taking this back to your rookie year. Remember when you took over for Tony Romo? You remember how that offensive ran? Remember how it was a Zeke-dominated offense, pretty good defense, great offensive line? We're going to go ahead and lean back into that again. It's You you get greedy, okay, in the NFL. I think it's classic, and, and I, Dak has the tools to make you greedy. I, gotta, I, have, an, I have another word for it, idiotic. Okay, arrogant. It's <laughs> okay. like, yeah, that's fine. If arrogant yeah, that's is right. better, and, I like arrogant. And, and yeah, you could, and yeah, you could certainly take more risk with a more experienced quarterback. But that's what got you, gets you in trouble in the first place. It's like penalties and turnovers have killed the Cowboys historically. So why not protect the offensive line that is supposed to be protecting your franchise quarterback? Don't put that offensive line in positions where they got to protect longer because you want to push the ball downfield with your hundred plus million dollar quarterback, whatever it is that Dak is making nowadays. Comp- play the same kind of complimentary football, okay? Compliment the defense. We, Dak yeah. got nothing to prove. We know Dak can put up numbers. He got his contract already. Run the ball, stay balanced, compliment the defense, win low scoring, okay. ugly games that'll take you all the way deep into the playoffs in a way that trying to be high flying has not. Mike, fair enough. That's like, that's great for the regular season and everything, you know, but here's the thing. You have seen the juggernauts that are out there right now in the NFL, right? You're going to run into teams that can score points in bunches. Now, maybe, maybe not in the NFC so much, you know, the NFC is and it's maybe a not against this right defense. Now. This is, this is the best defense this side of San maybe, Francisco. Maybe if this defense stays healthy, maybe not against this defense. Okay. You got, you got a point, but I think at some point you have to know how to shift into that gear, right? Like you're going to get into a boat race and the defense is going to make some mistakes. And, and it's there. You know, it's in, you got it in your back digs. pocket. Uh, okay. The game, if, if there's an opportunity that Dak needs to win the game, you got him. But I'm saying your, your formula so you, should not shift when Dak comes back. The, what's so working, saying, stay with it. So you're saying tip back to 2021. So you're looking at the roster. You're looking at this line. By the way, it's got its own set of chemistry. It's not the 2021 line, right? Again, right. again Tyler Smith knows how to. What they're doing right now is something that absolutely vibes into Tyler Smith's game. That's why when you look at some of the cutups, you see him getting out there running. When they're, and they have run plays and he's moving in space and all these different things. Mm-hmm. That leads mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're going to say, hey, you know what? I know Tyler, you know, uh, uh, we didn't get uh, Tyron Smith didn't come back, so you're holding it down. But we're, now we're in the playoffs. Hey, maybe now we're in the Super Bowl. And we're facing Buffalo. We got to win a forty some to forty some game. This is just how it is, and you got to hold up because Dak's got to let routes develop. CD's got to be able. Michael Michael Gallup's got to be able to get deep. Okay, we don't we can't get it out in three seconds. We need to get it out in like four. We need to let these deep things start to develop. I just don't know if all of a sudden you can just shift. And say, hey, remember 2021? Because there are going to be some dudes who go, yeah, no, I, we were doing this. I, I wasn't think, here. I think they're, I think they're already in that mindset right now. All I'm saying is, you have look with apologies to Jerry Jones, who you know is effectively the face of the franchise from a locker room standpoint. Dak may be the face of your franchise, but these guys have found an identity, and it's defense. I agree. And it's and it's complementing defense on offense. What speaking of shifts though. Um, I remember I was watching. We all were. I was watching. We all were watching the Packers and the Giants. And it was like, what was it, seventeen three? Giants scored their first points in the final two minutes of the first half since like twenty twenty. I want to say. Then the Packers go sneak a field goal. So it's twenty to ten. It's like, all right, Packers gonna win this thing. Second half, Wink Martindale and that Giants defense completely shut down Aaron Rodgers. And now yeah. the freaking New York Giants, the New York Football Giants, Joe Shane and Brian Dable's New York Giants are four and one. 
How, Sway? How did the Giants get to be four and one? Is this one of those? I think I said this last week. Is this one of those like not ahead of schedule, but we're still rebuilding. But now I'm saying we, I'm not saying we like a Giants fan. I'm saying if you are the Giants, we're still rebuilding. This may not even be sustainable this year, but in the process of establishing our culture, we're winning games, which gives our head coach and our organization that much more credibility moving forward. Is that what we're seeing here? Yeah, I, I do. I think that this is what this is, I think, is a building block. I don't believe it's sustainable. I know and this, this is this is no knock on the Giants because we've talked in the past before about every the building of a football team you have to learn certain things along the way you got to learn to beat the bad teams you got to then you got to learn to beat the mediocre teams then you got to learn to, lead, to beat the teams that maybe are on your level then you got to learn to beat the elites okay but along that way you got to learn to have juice and forget the way things used to be forget about falling back into that same mentality and remembering what it was under joe judge and ben mcadoo forget about all the hey they're firing the coach every two years all this stuff or they're you know all that awfulness it's sort of like what we saw with the Jets. They got juice. You see a team where you're like, whoa, all of a sudden this team's got some juice. That's part of that process. You see it with Brian Dayball. They do have some juice. I think having a healthy Saquon Barkley has been huge. I think it's funny how we talk about, well, Saquon's shoulder didn't feel great, and then he went to the locker room, and he was shot out of the locker room, and all of a sudden he's looking great again and playing. I'm like, yeah, he was shot out of the locker room. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure, he feels, I'm sure he feels great that he went to the locker room and he shot out of the locker room, and all of a sudden he's just, all things are perfect. NFL is, ceases to amaze me how we just completely act like, oh, he we went to the locker room, they rubbed his shoulder a little bit, and he's fine. <laughs> Saquon, Saquon looks fantastic. That definitely helps everything. But right. I, I'm going to give you credit because you and I had arguments on the phone. I remember sitting in a parking lot, and I was arguing with you about Kayvon Thibodeau, right? I was like, man, I don't know. I'm hearing this about Kayvon. I'm hearing that about Kayvon. I don't think he can be the first pick. Like, all this different stuff. He has been great for that defense. They've invested in that defensive line. I think you are seeing it. Yeah. I think Evan Neal is – you're seeing some of that investment on the offensive line. Um, yeah. Daniel Jones looks like he's a little bit out from under a cloud. You know, he's operating yeah. in a way where you're like – he looks like a competent quarterback. And one of the things that drives me crazy is after this game, I hear some analysts going, well, you know, you guys might not know this, but Daniel Jones is kind of athletic. He's got a little athletic. I'm like, where have you been? <laughs> He's sneaky I'm like, athletic. For real? He's sneaky. I'm like, literally everybody has known yeah. that since he went in the draft. Like, what are you talking right. about? It's just funny right. how all of a sudden people start to notice things about the Giants that have been there all along. It just needed a new coach and some health and some yeah. draft picks to come through. Yeah, I mean, they get that receiver room right. I mean, talk about just the state of New York football in that state between the Bills, the Jets, the Giants. Bro, Mike, it is different. Admit it. It is different when the Giants and the Jets have a winning record. It's just oh, yeah. the league, it's a big oh, yeah. deal in the league when the New York teams are not underwater for season after season yeah. after season. No, absolutely. Well, the NFC East for that matter. I mean, yeah. two four and one teams, one five and zero oh teams, and oh by the way, there's a commander. So we're gonna Brian Robinson is back, <laughs> but Brian Robinson is back. So there's some good news coming out of the nation's capital as well. All right, we're gonna take a breather, but uh, yeah, man, that division is something else. I can't wait for next Sunday night. I think I'm gonna go to that game. As a matter of, are you going to that game? Are you going to Cowboys Eagles? No, I'm not. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. You know, it's like a lot of things in life. Control what you can control. Um, the league has very clear policies that, you know, when you get clarification for their policy, those are confidential conversations. There's a, there's a process to it, but it's like a lot of things, Mike, in life. Control what you can control, and what we can control is how to get better. Because we have a huge game Sunday here in Atlanta against the Niners, so... That's where our focus is now. I don't throw the flags. All right, so Arthur Smith was there, so he don't get fined. Tom Brady, I don't throw the flags. Yeah, but Tom you bitch for one. I mean, I mean, he, he was he was going insane as if he knew that Grady Jackson had done something wrong. That was the worst. <laughs> Roughing the passer call that I can recall. I'll just put it that way because I'm sure there's one that I'm forgetting. But that one seemed especially egregious. But watch Brady here. So Grady Jackson, I don't know, tackles him. Right. And Brady oh. acted like he did something wrong immediately. Always, <laughs> always. Oh, oh, and I don't know, I don't know if we have the angle, but look at Brady complaining. He's already yeah. complaining. He's complaining. Yeah. Like, it, it, like, is there, is there some memo that I missed, Charles, about hey, Tua got his head slammed. I mean, it actually happened to Chris Olave in the Seahawks game as well, where he got slammed and suffered a concussion. But is it is it unspoken or is it an official <sighs> point of emphasis when it comes to slamming quarterbacks? Because the football that I've been watching my whole life, that's called a tackle. That's as yeah. gentle as you could be with a quarterback. What's he supposed to do? Brush up against him lightly? Nah, if we, I mean, you, he, didn't even, listen, he didn't even slam his head that hard. You need, you need to outfit every D-end, every rush linebacker, every edge player now with like a quilt and a pillow so that they can just, just hug the quarterback to the ground and tuck him in and maybe read him a little story for a couple seconds. Something else. I mean, this is just, this is stupid. What is going on right now? This is ridiculous. Like, I watched it live. Just call unabated to the quarterback. Just call just, unabated. Just be like, hey, play over, play over. All right, yeah, just it, Yeah, whistle it. Yeah, it's over. It's like, yeah. It just, I I don't know at this point what, I, I think there were a couple of things here. Number one, Jerome Boger being the one who made the call. He had just made the bad roughing passer call. Josh Allen gets hit against the Bills, was not roughing the passer, makes that wait, call, wait, blows wait, it again. call was that? Refresh my memory? Which one was so, that? Josh, so, Allen, uh, which game? Josh Allen, the Bills are playing the Ravens, right? Uh, Boger ends up calling. I, oh, I, it was, oh, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Changed. Yeah. Right, okay. Continue to drive. Remember, continue to yeah, drive. I mean, it yeah, changed yeah. the the face of that game. This changes this game. Okay, and now we don't know. Like, look, the Falcons would receive the punt. We can't say for sure if they would gone, you know, gone down, scored a touchdown, win the game. We don't know if that's what happened. But the point is. This changes the complete momentum of the moment. Uh, he, what did he do? Okay, kept his head up, wraps his arms around the race, the waist, the way he was running. And by the way, you're running. When you are a edge player and right. you're running after a quarterback, right. your momentum forces you right. to do things. Even when he spun Brady down, he didn't slam him into the ground. And here, here's the thing I think is really telling. 
Tony Dungy. Now, granted, he's a he's a defensive-minded guy. We know that. But Tony Dungy was so perplexed by this. I'm watching the 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 you know primetime broadcast. He said, I had to call the league to ask them to read to me what, like, read me what now is the personal foul penalties, the roughing the passer penalties. Cause I don't, he said he heard it. There was nothing that applied. It made no sense to him. I don't think Tony was doing that to grandstand. I think Tony was like the rest of us completely just breathless at this point about how exactly football players are supposed to operate. And by the way, just for Tom Brady, I love, I love Tom Brady passive. I don't throw the flags. I don't throw the flag. I love passive aggressive Tom Brady. This is, he is, he is a 20 year all pro on the complaining team. Okay. He, he is he literally the captain. the rules. He's the like, captain. I don't, I don't throw the flags. Oh, of course like, you're you know, going to get that. Yeah. And that's the guy they're paying $300 million to be a broadcast, but that's another conversation. It, so Michael, listen, before we, but like, wait, 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 before yeah. we move on real quick, it does not help. No, I was going to respond uh, Brady, to you, but go ahead. Brady should recognize this. This does not help the narrative that Brady is a crybaby who's been protected his entire career. Number one, he shouldn't want to be babied like that, even though that's how he operates, because it does not help right. the narrative around him that will be there forever and ever after he's long gone. And number two, for the NFL, it sure doesn't help this idea where you and I, we hear these like just kind of wackos who are like, oh, well, it's all fixed. It's always all fixed. They always do the things to tilt into Brady winning games and help Brady. You got to keep Brady up like all this. This does not help when you have an official do this. Jerome Boger has got to be held responsible for this kind of a call. Well, I just what I don't like. This is the same Tom Brady who on his podcast was like, oh, I'm not on this podcast. I'm sorry. He said it at a press conference. Uh, you know, but his podcast is usually his platform or his pulpit to complain about the state of the game. Last week, yeah. he's like, I see a lot of bad yeah. football around the league is what I see. <laughs> That's bad football. <laughs> that right there, and you are perpetuating, you are an accomplice in bad football practices. Nobody wants, I mean, exactly. My problem is, I know life ain't fair, but it is not fair for defensive players in these streets because the defensive players have done a phenomenal job and def defensive coaches of teaching of adjustments as player safety has rightfully yeah. come to the forefront. Okay, and as we've taken the head out of the game, safeties can't Jack Tatum people in the secondary anymore. Okay, quarterbacks have been protected and players have adjusted. They've held up for the most part. They know that they're never going to get the benefit of the doubt. If you could tell me what Grady Jackson was supposed to do in that situation, because Jerome Boger claims he unnecessarily threw him to the ground. Well, tell me what he necessarily should have done to complete the play. Right. Because otherwise, no, these guys that... escape. Brady ducks out of it and throws a touchdown pass or some or something. It's just like it, that's that's just so egregious on so he... many levels. Is it is it the, is it a reaction to Tua? Is that what that was? Do you know for sure if that's what that was? That's a speculation. I mean, look, that I, 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 everything I, is 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 Aaron on the side of caution. I think that this weekend, more than any, you know, maybe we'll talk about this whole ataxia thing or not. But I mean, yeah, I'm, let's do it. I let's believe, do it next. Yeah, I I believe this weekend, this idea of ataxia. Okay, so if people understand what ataxia is. That's now the word that's woven into the concussion policy, which is just basically, and and I'm paraphrasing here. I went and read the, the Mayo Clinic, how it described ataxia. It's basically like if you are stumbling around or showing some kind of in, dysfunction, impaired balance, impairment. Impaired balance or coordination can be due to damage to brain, nerves, or muscles. Can be due to, okay. 
but it is now a no-go situation in the NFL. If you witness ataxia in a player, that's a no-go. So they're out. They, you pull them. They're done. Yeah. And that's that's why. That's what happened to Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater yesterday. Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. Spot, Everybody, Teddy Bridgewater. Saw, you're done. Yep. yep. He passed the concussion that, protocol, but the spotter it, but was like, nope, you stumbled. Yeah. Yep, you had a taxi. So that's right. that NFL fans are going to hate this. And I, especially if it gets called the way that they call it Sundays, because it's going to continue to take some players out of commission who probably should not be out of commission. It's an overreaction. But this is the, the NFL is always it's uh, NFL stands for not forward looking. OK, that's what the NFL stands <laughs> for. They always react to everything like else. All right. I it like is. It. That is what it is. NFL, not forward-looking. We are now looking back. We're reacting to something, and we're always going to overreact. It's what the NFL often does. So I think yeah, they're overcorrecting, think... but I actually like it, Charles. I actually, I'm actually, I actually do I, like it. I'm okay with I'm, it. And I know this I'm is not an unintended. Go ahead. No, I'm not. I'm like, I'm not against it. I don't. I'm not saying I'm against it, but I am against it though. When you take a player like Grady Jarrett or anybody else who's living is, oh. I got to hit this guy. Okay. I got to oh, knock him down. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, what that, Grady Jarrett yes. does, okay. he's running at him and he says, okay, I'm above the knees, not going to hit him in his knees. Right. I'm below right. the chest. So I'm in that little target box area. I don't, I didn't do anything with my helmet, kept my head up the way I'm supposed to keep my head up. Like they taught us. I wrap my arms around his waist. I'm running a hundred miles an hour. He's moving in the yeah. direction I'm moving. Now, when I hit no. him, I can either do the thing that honestly is kind of like a horse collarish play, which is drag him straight down onto his own legs, or I can let our momentum take us over, flip him. He right. didn't smash him. And, but that's, again, this is partly it's overprotecting the quarterback. Now there's the taxi thing. It's just being, it's no, all sort I'm of weaving I'm No, I, we're on the same page with that bullshit. Okay, like that, like the okay. Grady, okay. the Grady Jarrett, did I say Grady Jackson? <laughs> I think I said Jackson earlier. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking about the. You're great, Jerry. You got it. Yeah. No, I think you said it. You're I think I'm, I, I think I don't remember what if I said Jackson or Jared. Um, the Grady Jarrett play. If I said Jackson, I beg your pardon. The Grady Jarrett play. I. It, that, that's that's. There's no place for that in football. The overcorrection when it comes to head trauma. The overcorrection on a taxi is what I was saying. I'm good with. Because the alternative is Tua. And if you never right. want to see a player stumbling around and put back in the game when yes, right. he may have passed an uh, uh, in the moment concussion tests when concussion symptoms can onset later, see Cameron Brait. But if you never want to see a Cameron Brait or a Tua Tungabaloa situation again, you have to err on the side of caution even if the consequence is a guy passing a concussion test, but somebody saying, nope, you were, you were wobbly. You, 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 you know, you were, you were, you had displayed gross motor instability. You're out of the game. Tough. It is what it is. There can be no more taking a player's word for it saying, no, it was my back, my neck and my back. Then no, there can be no more of that. So if you display a taxi, it is what it is. And we just going to have to get used to it. The alternative is seeing Tua or worse and wondering right. if when Tua is displaying defensive position, not once but twice, if a player has been has been hit with second impact syndrome. This is the way it has to be in order to protect these players. It has to be inconvenient. So maybe you're going to have, have to have a third quarterback that you're confident in. I don't know what is but you, it's going to have to be an inconvenience and we cannot continue to do business the way it has been done so that a guy doing that 
is put back in a football game. So yeah, okay, so learn a taxia and learn to love it. Okay, let me give you a couple trade-offs though. Number one, this is week five, right? It's, it's early October, yep. okay? So we can say all this stuff in the regular season and everything. The second we get into a playoff game, right? And Patrick Mahomes. Oh. Oh, Patrick, oh. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes stands up and he does one of these. And then, oh, oh, and then oh. he gets pulled and it turns out he passed the concussion. There's nothing there. It was just, who knows what it was in the moment. There's some reason that wasn't concussion related. Then this is, it's going to explode. This issue is going to explode. We're going to spend the entire off season going. You're it's right. going to be the catch rule again. Facts. What is this? What does it mean? Facts. How do we fix it? How do we, All now facts. that's one thing. Now there is one thing I do think at the very least, maybe you cannot, we're going to spend a lot of time figuring out that part of it, but there is a, a slightly, there's one little change the NFL could make to at least sort of help teams. Mm. There has to be more with now these rules in place. There has to be more than 45 eligible okay on a sunday mm -hmm. yeah. you need to yeah. allow teams yeah. to have three quarterbacks up on a sunday yep. maybe maybe you expand the active roster to 50 on a sunday and and just say hey teams you all got to have either two quarterbacks and an emergency quarterback yeah. or three quarterbacks yeah. this is this yeah. is the new world we're expanding you what you can yep. yeah we're gonna allow you to game plan for it you get to bring five extra bodies to the game on sunday plan for that and and let's so it's at least one little thing the NFL can do to kind of help to augment this, and I think that's necessary. Um, yeah, no, and I think I think you're right about the playoff situation. Um, is when it's really going to get bad because what we're seeing and Gary, we can roll the music and go to break here, because I don't know how much you see, you're right. Most fans are going to hate it when their starting quarterback or backup quarterback is. They finally passed the concussion test and couldn't go back in and it cost them the game. Because the only disadvantage to being overly cautious is a competitive disadvantage when you lose a guy as yeah, a result of these advanced protocols. But having said that, though, um, the player, I don't know that many fans care, and I don't know how many players actually care. The players' union, the leadership cares. But when you got Joe Burrow being like, this is what we signed up for. When you got Tom Brady being like, this is what we yeah. signed up for. When you got Isaiah McKenzie saying, this is what we signed up for. This is why they pay us. I'm okay hey, with it. You, listen, Mike, you made the same calls I did when the Tua stuff happened. And you know, you made the same calls to union people and you heard the same thing I heard, I'm guessing. Like, hey, we're kind of going to war with our own player here. Like we're saying we're going to investigate this oh, when our own player right. is saying it's not what you're saying. Yeah, it, it was is. my bad. Right. It was my bad. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's a tough the player. The player, does, the player doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. That, 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 I'm glad you said that. That has been an under discussed aspect of this is who's at the center of this is a guy in Tua Tonga Baloa who's such a pleaser by nature who, did, who, who was like, it's my back. And the rest of the union is like, bruh, seriously? <laughs> He's sticking to his story. Wait. Mike, Andrew Whitworth said it with you on Thursday night. Andrew Whitworth said, yeah. literally spoke to it. He said, I had this happen in a game against Philly, and yeah. I kept myself in. Like, I, I, it was a teammate who had to pull me out because I was like, I'm going to keep playing. As I said, after, I'm like, players will always, they are, they are taught this. It is coached to them. It is, it is something yeah. that becomes part of their DNA. Team before Availability. you. Right. Can't make the club from the tub. You know, yep. availability always, absolutely. But I, I, I like it. Take it out of their hands. You're out. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
we come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. So we know David Tepper is looking for a new head coach. Steve Wilkes is going to uh, be the interim guy for um, after Matt Rule was fired. But Charles, I want to know, is David Tepper hiring in general? I didn't realize he gave him a seven-year contract and he still got $40 million coming to him. He got, he got a seven-year contract coming from Baylor. I didn't realize yeah, it was seven years. Now, yeah, he'll get off, he got offset language. So if he gets hired in college, I mean, you know, David Tepper will save money that way. But, he, but Matt Rule got $40 million coming to him. Yeah, he can go be great I, somewhere else and get $40 million for it. Unbelievable. Is there, is there offset language for being a college football analyst? Because he might, if he takes a year and sits in the analyst chair, I don't know. I mean, they might have to pay him full freight for another year, too. They're definitely on the hook this year. Yeah, that is, listen, I'll tell you what, whoever, whoever figured that contract out, hi, you know, like sign me up. Whoever that is, please find me because that is who I want <laughs> doing my deal. But I, look, I will say this real quick about Matt Rule. This is something yeah. I learned uh, in the 20 years of covering this league, okay? We talk about the money. We talk about the wins and losses, all these different things, especially we, I, I remember years I'd focus on the boys getting paid, this and that. We always have to remember there's a human here and no human wants to fail, okay? So when That's someone true. loses their job like this, it is legit, yeah. even though they're still getting paid their worst day because you've just been told you're not good enough. And I will, I'll give you the one example that will always resonate with me forever. The one thing in Nick Saban's career that will bother him the rest of his life, and if he's honest when he's talking to you, it's that they never figured out the quarterback with the Miami Dolphins, and he will always be seen as a guy who didn't get it done on the NFL level. And that bothers Nick to this day. Even, court, even coaches like Matt Rule, who people are going to clown him, are going to look at the record, which is awful. And and look, David Tepper, there's reasons behind this. I, know, I, get I don't it. know. I don't know. Because they can it's, clown I him, but he's laughing it, all the way to the bank. All, true, all but it is, still will always bother me. Failed. He failed, Mike. It, okay, failed. It, it, like no, it, it, no, it, I, no, I'm not saying that he... No, trust me. I know how he might internalize. I'm not arguing with Matt Rule or even Nick Saban internalizing it. I'm saying to the rest of the world, I would imagine that all Matt Rule's failure in Carolina does is confirm two things. You can't count on college coaches to be successful in the NFL, and nobody's going to win without a quarterback. Now, whether yeah. he put his quarterbacks that he had in a position to succeed, yeah, he certainly had a hand in his offensive struggles, but they never figured out the quarterback spot. Okay, and Baker okay, Mayfield, Mike. Baker Mayfield. Mike. Nobody Mike. holds the ball longer than Baker Mayfield. Mike. I'm sorry, I was just Mike. so frustrated watching him yesterday. Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Straight up though. Okay, let's be real here. Teddy yeah. Bridgewater. Okay, which is on Matt because that was part of what they sold the Tepper. Okay, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. A washed Cam Newton. Okay. Yep. Sam Darnold. Yep. Baker Mayfield. Yep. Who right. has succeeded with those players at that point in their career? Where? One right. team had already given up on them at that point, or they were right. way down the line in terms of where they were yeah. as a player in Cam Newton's case. It's not easy. So he, look, is it deserved? At this point, he knew coming into the season, he was on the clock. It didn't work out. Baker did not turn the corner for them. Now they all move on. He will get a shot in college. I, if I was definitely, look, look, definitely pay attention to Penn State, bro. I'm just saying that's a job that if there is any change there, I'll bet you Matt Rule's name comes up for that Penn State job. I'll probably come up for every job um, in college. Okay, two other coaches I'll hit real quick with the time we got left, and then you take the rest of the time. I'll just make two quick points on them. Uh, so one guy, 
had a quarterback for his entire career, which had a lot to do with the fact that he's never had a losing season. And that's Mike Tomlin. His coaching and his leadership has an awful lot to do with it, but he inherited Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, of course, declined, retired, breaking in a new quarterback. Pittsburgh does not look good. Meanwhile, another guy who, 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 uh, who got a, a good quarterback is Brandon Staley, who probably believes a little too much in his quarterback. Talk about humans. Brandon Staley is a fantastic human from everything I understand, everything I've seen. I don't know what he was thinking going <laughs> for it on fourth down with a two point lead in his own territory. They deserve to lose that game. The Chargers deserve yeah. to lose that game, but for a Kate York, York missed field goal. Good thing Brandon Staley is a nice guy and must be right with God because he was blessed on yes. He was blessed yesterday by not having that blow up in his face. So Tomlin Staley or whatever else you want to talk about with coaches. The time is yours, as Andy Reid was Tomlin, saying. real quick, we talked about offensive lines, right? Offensive line's a big problem, and now you got to break a rookie quarterback in on top of it. There's a reason why Mike Tom didn't want to play Kenny Pickett. There, uh, the, 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 to me, when they tried to kick the field goal at the end of the half, that felt to me, I knew right then, I'm like, Mike Tomlin's streak of, of never having a losing season is going to be broken in 2022. Like, it's, this is capitulation in a way that he will, I don't think they'll be able to recover for it. It is a rebuild there. Staley yeah. is the difference between, okay, straight up, Nathaniel Hackett and, and Brandon Staley are the Spider-Man memes pointing at each other, the Spider-Man memes. Okay, that's disrespectful. <laughs> that's no, disrespectful. Okay, no, listen, no. I'm telling you that, right now. Now I no, came no. up for listen, Brandon Staley. Listen, they are listen, not listen, the listen, same listen. person. Straight up, straight up. <laughs> Both have a lot of injury problems. One has a little bit better quarterback play, and and you know, frankly, that's that's Daly with Herbert, and he's got the win that that Nathaniel Hackett doesn't. But I'm just telling you, this is what would have changed the narrative, the, and we can leave it on this. You and I cover the league forever. We loved going in that locker room and hearing a player say their real thoughts. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen was out on Sunday, straight up when they passed. Fourth and two, when they go for it and they lose it and on their own 46, Keenan Allen is WTF. Literally in real time, <laughs> this is the beauty of social media that a player can question his coach's play calling <laughs> on a huge social media platform. And then when it works out anyway, he basically, and this is paraphrasing here, saying, man, I'm glad that we missed that field goal because man, man, man. I'm like, yo, this is the best. This is awesome. That is as good as it gets on Twitter. Okay, straight up. That's as good as it'll ever get. Okay, on Nathaniel Twitter. Hackett is as bad as it gets right now. And Russell Wilson's got a lot to do with that. Listen, <laughs> that was that was a ridiculous decision by Brandon Staley. This fourth down thing has gone too far to be going for it. I want to end the game with the ball. Yeah, bruh, punt the ball. Okay? Hey. Punt the ball. From that turn, you don't give him the ball with a short field and put them in field goal range. Don't concede it. He ain't Nathaniel Hackett. He, Brandon Staley on his worst day, Nathaniel Hackett. Then you, what is it? You've been caving up for Nathaniel Hackett for the last several weeks. I told you he was over his head, bring, and Thursday bring, bring, night confirmed it. Bring me back next week so we can finish. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.